Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com. Where you have, Tate Frazier, a couple days left to go check out The Ringer's NBA Draft Guide. I believe, I checked this morning, I believe we are up to version (laughs) 6.13. That's the version we are currently on. There's no telling whether... Whether that will get edited, I'm also not sure what like what makes the first number change and what makes the second part of that decimal change. You know what I mean? Like if you change something, is it going to be 7.0 now or does it become 6.14? I think it has. To, I don't know. I think it has to do with the actual player they're discussing. So I think they're on Musa right now, so they're on 13. So that makes six. 6.13. We got it. Makes sense. There you go. We are on 6.13. It is. It is. Uh. You know, I, I've said this before on our podcast. It is. I. Th- I think one of the best things we do at the Ringer. I, I'm very excited about attaching my name to that. I'm, I'm very excited when they were asked me to, to write a few sections on that. I was like, this is awesome. It's it's a it's a great product that I can just throw my name onto and pretend like I had anything to do with any of this. Um, Kevin O'Connor does most of the uh, the draft guide. We are actually, Tate, you and I were talking about this. We are going to try to ambush KOC yes. on this podcast live today, unedited. Hopefully the people listening, we, we don't know if we're going to be able to get a hold of him, but we... Tate and I are very upset with, with basically the takedown that KOC has been doing of Marvin Bagley for the last what five months, six months now. I mean, basically maybe since even he longer got, than that. Yeah, Tate. since he went to Duke, basically he he has tried to tear yeah. him down. Also, maybe our first guest, right? Yes, first guest. <laughs> yes, the 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 inaugural first guest is an ambush. That that's that's very fitting for us. That'll be hopefully it'll work out. We we honestly we 100 percent have no idea if he's going to call in or if he, we're going to get a hold of him or not. We are going to try. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Stay tuned, folks. Listen to the whole show. See see how it all unfolds. But uh, in the meantime, check out the Ringer Draft Guide. Awesome stuff there. Check out the Ringer in general. A lot of fun stuff going on. The World Cup's going on. Tate, who is your team that you have attached yourself to now that the USA is not in the World Cup? Mm, I, I haven't necessarily, you know, attached myself to a singular team. I, I'm going to go with Croatia. You know, I've been rocking with Croatia for a long time. Went to Croatia, had a great time there. Um, so Croatia is where I'm at. Uh, are you watching everything, Titus? Are you talking about the Columbus crew the watching. entire time? I, I'm going with England, which I under I already understand. Listen, I follow England. soccer. I, I do the I do the save the crew thing. So like, I know a lot of people are going to say don't do England and they're going to they're going to chime in and they're going to give me the history of England and they're going to explain why not to pick England. Trust me, I'm well versed on on the history of English football and their their abysmal success in the World Cup. Um I'm I'm I understand that, but that's part of the charm for me. Uh they speak English. I don't know if you knew this Tate. The English speak English. Most um, people speak English. They're red white they're they're red white and blue and they uh they they feel like they like it, in a in a world there there is a world where they could win the World Cup, but it's highly unlikely. So like that's a team I like to cheer for. It's like it it could happen, but it's probably not going to happen. So I'm behind them. I'm riding with them. Anyway, that's that. <laughs> Check out the stuff on the <laughs> Check out all the stuff on the Ringer. Uh, there's more. There's more podcasts. You guys know the drill. Tate and I are going to talk. We're gonna we're gonna do our final draft analysis. Um, from our perspective, mm-hmm. the, the two the two college guys talking uh talking draft stuff couple more days of this and then we're the, the draft finally comes we are going to just basically talk about everything we can possibly think of but first Woody Durham he takes the timeout they're out foul. timeout technical foul technical foul alright it is Tuesday it is about noon uh, in, in Columbus, Ohio the voice you're hearing I'm Mark Titus. I'm the future head coach of the Chicago State Cougars. The other voice you'll be hearing is that of Tate Frazier, one of the, the the former producer of the Bill Simmons podcast. Now you can hear him on 
a thousand different podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network. Tate, what is going on in Los Angeles? What what is the hubbub? What are you hearing in the draft circles? What what is what is you're you're a guy who's plugged in. What are you hearing, Tate? Sources are saying uh, people are, are 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 tweeting things. Uh, people are calling people, um, and they are all saying basically random things that can't be tracked down, and no one can find these sources. Uh, my favorite source is the various King sources. They continue to leak everything out to the world. So uh, the various King sources are telling me that the NBA draft is this Thursday night, and anything is possible. Ooh. Trades will happen. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, will he stay? Will he go? Um, there's just a million things that are that are on the docket here, and in Los Angeles, uh, no one really cares because it's summertime. So, uh, but we care on this podcast. We care about all this stuff. Here's what I care about. Here's what I care about. I, I I'm sort of worn down by the the mock draft stuff. It's it's it, this happens to me every year. But like the the more I'm in this business, and the more I you know you and I obviously focus mostly on college basketball. So inevitably, as soon as college basketball season ends, we are supposed to then focus our attention towards the NBA draft because we theoretically know these guys better than anybody else because we've watched them all year and people really care about that. But I like privately you and I talk about this and we're like, oh, we don't really give a shit for being honest. Like we <laughs> we just like watching them in college and then we kind of send them on their way and wherever they end up, cool. Um so this always like like by this time I'm always like worn down on all this. It's like I can only talk about these guys so much and all of this stuff. But there is one story that has grabbed my attention, Tate, and sucked me back into all the stuff going on with the draft and all these draftees. And it is DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley signing Puma. with Puma. This, this is incredible. Uh, they are probably the top two picks in the draft. Um, Ayton seems to be a lock to go number one. And my sources, what I'm hearing, <laughs> are telling me that Bagley's probably going to go number two. And and I think, basically, I'm basing this off of, like, didn't Divots come, didn't Vladi come out and say, I don't like Doncic? <laughs> And well, they seem to like Bagley. Um, well, that, which is a whole other thing, by the way. Like, can we? Hasn't the draft like already played out already? Like, we we know the Suns are going to take Aiden. We're pretty sure that the Kings are going to take Bagley. Like, so uh, shouldn't like the Hawks already kind of know what they're going to do? And then the Grizzlies kind of know what they're going to do because if they've heard what the Hawks are going to do, like, do you think at this point like the first twenty three picks have already been made in this draft and the the public just doesn't know it yet? I think the public does know it, and that's sort of the problem. There, there's no fun in it now because all it is is uh, people leaking information about certain players that they like and and certain players that they're all set on. And I mean, even the Vladi thing. My favorite thing about Vladi is that you don't really know what he thinks, and I'm not even sure he knows what he thinks. He just kind of like continues to put stuff out there because there was a report that Vladi didn't like Doncic, and then uh, according to various King sources, of course, you know they're they're always putting stuff out there. Vladi genuinely likes Doncic as a pick was was another headline. So I had both of them side by side, and I'm like, this, this is the perfect. This is what we do at One Shining Podcast. You say one side of an argument, I say the other side, and guess what? Yep. We're both right, and, uh, and we end up being right. We end up being right. One of us will be right. So Vladi's playing our game. He, he's playing the long con, but. The, the best part about Vladi and the whole Donkic story is that everyone thinks that just because Vladi is a European player, he knows if Donkic is going to be good or not. They're just like, <laughs> Vladi, Vladi will be the one to crack this code and decipher whether Luka Donkic will be a star in the NBA just because he's also Eastern European. So everyone's like waiting. They're just waiting on pins and needles for Vladi to make this determination. If he doesn't pick him, everyone's like, mm, I don't know how I feel about Donkic. You know, Vladi didn't like him. Uh, in, in the meantime, you know, you know, Vladi's been a part of some drafts that took like Papa Giannis, 16th overall. So, uh, 
I mean, I, I don't really know where we're at with this whole thing, but Vladi Divac is the, the number one person to watch in this draft because he is the one making the decisions. I think Vivek, their owner, um, has sort of been out of, you know, he's around, but he's not really trying to be involved because of people yelling at him that he wanted to play, like, basically cherry-picking basketball four on, you know, play four guys on defense and one guy to stay on offense the entire time. So ever since he said that, he's kind of tried to to get away from everyone. But... Uh, I don't know. I, I think Vladi's going to be all Bagley, all everything. Because at the end of the day, people love Blue Bloods. And, and, and Vladi's from that 90s era where, you know, he had to play with all those guys from Kansas, Kentucky, Carolina, you know, Kansas, all those kind of guys. And, and Vladi's going to fall back and just say, you know what, why don't I just take Marvin Bagley and make it easy on myself? D- Everyone thinks Vladi is for. They're just like Vladi. You're from Slovenia, right? You know about you know everything about Doncic. And he's like, I'm from Serbia. And they go, Yeah, exactly. It's Slovenia, isn't it? Same yes, thing. The, Who cares? All of it. Yeah, they're, they're, de- they're definitely like going to. It's that's the whole the whole thing with Doncic, as we've said a thousand times, is that nobody knows anything about this guy other than that he's good. Nobody's actually watching him. I will I will defend that. I don't care what happens with Doncic at this point. But the more the more I see the the coverage of him, and the more I see people like jerking off over him the more I want him to fail because I know the people that are getting the biggest boners over Doncic have never watched like... How many possessions in a row do you think they've ever watched of his where they've watched like a whole sequence? I'm capping the number at like five. They've watched a sequence of five possessions in a row and they're like, damn, this guy's got it. I think at most it's like a a three-minute YouTube video. That's about where I'm at. This is the best... This is the best... This is the best uh, uh, case of my my theory. Doncic is the best case of this state that if Luka Doncic's name was Brad Montgomery... And he was from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he was a 19-year-old coming out of, of East Tennessee State this year. And he every, everything about him was the exact same. Like he had he had played like a year in Euro League and or I don't I don't forget the East East Tennessee part. If he was from if he was Brad Montgomery from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then went over to to Spain and played for Real Madrid and won Euro League MVP, would people be this excited about him? Or would they be looking at him like the 16th pick in the draft? No, I think it's the latter Tate. Yeah, I think that's what I'm standing behind. He's becomes Chandler Hutchinson, the guy from Boise State, basically at that point. And uh, I mean, it's the it's the Sfima Kyluk syndrome. We we've already discussed this exactly. ad nauseum. Exactly. This is a great example of that. Uh, anyway, back to the point. Aiton and Bagley are probably going top two, and they just signed with Puma. This is as as two guys who were out in front of the uh, the bag dropping of college basketball last year. I think I think America is turning to us and they're saying, how do the duffel bag boys feel about Nike basically basically throwing themselves at the Bagley family for I don't know how many years? Mm-hmm. They 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 gave Marvin Bagley's father, Marvin Jr., like his own AAU team, did they not? That that he still runs yes. in Phoenix, I believe. Which I, but I, I looked up. First of all, they're called Phoenix Family, and family is spelled with a ph, and it just that pisses me off so it's much. Fat, I yeah. hate that so much. So fat. Uh, oh. oh, what happened? That's KOC for sure. KOC, you there? What up? Oh, he's here. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> KOC, it's an ambush. <laughs> What's up? We we are we are live recording a one shining podcast episode, and we wanted to talk to you because. We we saw we saw the article circ we saw your article circulating. It's an ambush. <laughs> it's an absolute ambush. I love it. <laughs> we we want to give you one listen, we, we cater to the college basketball crowd. They are up in arms. They're losing their goddamn minds over you saying Wendell Carter is better than Marvin Bagley. Tate and I are also losing our minds. We wanted we wanted to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. 
we came on your show on the draft class and, and asked you about this, why you hate Marvin Bagley so much, but we want to give you the platform on our show <laughs> to defend yourself on why you hate Marvin Bagley. KOC, Go ahead. KOC works, KOC works for Nike. That's what we're learning. He's a Nike plug. <laughs> well, well, guys. Uh, well, clearly Marvin Bagley was the better NBA prospect. I'm, the better, he was, Marvin Bagley was the better NCAA player. No doubt about that. Dominant force at the college level. But projecting ahead in the NBA, I just have concerns about him on the defensive end of the floor with his shorter wingspan. He's super lean. And that offensive, and then of course, he's very slow to react. One of the reasons why Duke switched to his own. And then offensively, it's like, yeah, that dude's going to get buckets. He's an athlete. Like, he can throw down lobs, he can finish around the rim. I do wonder about the shot. I wonder about his decision making and his handle. Overall, uh, there's just a lot, a lot of question marks. Whereas with Wendell Carter, there's just not a lot of weaknesses with him. There's really mm. not at all. I think high IQ, smart player. I think I like his shot and his touch better than Bagley. I, I think he can be a very, very good defender with his instincts and his positioning. I think once, once his fundamentals continue to improve, Wendell Carter to me is just a, a more impactful player overall with his passing, screening, facing defense more so than Marvin Bagley who might put up better numbers but may not make the same impact on winning. What about what about Wendell Carter's tattoo on his chest with the wings that pop out of his jersey and does that does that worry you at all that he had he did not have the foresight to understand that he's a basketball player and his tattoo is going to look like shit when he puts on a basketball jersey. Does that not bother you? <laughs> no foresight. That's a big plus. Big, big plus. The most important for Wendell Carter is the fact that he's entering the NBA already with tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big thing. I, I will say this, Kevin. You cannot blame Marvin Bagley for playing in his zone. That's all Coach K for not wanting to coach him up. That, that's, not, that's not his fault. So we're, we're going to blame Coach K for that. We're not going to blame Bagley. Also, you said he was lean. Guess who else is lean? The finals MVP, Kevin Durant. I don't know. People forget that sometimes. Mm, it's a great so, point. It's a good point. So these are two lean guys. He could guys. not bench press 185. Kevin Durant could not even bench press 185. Yeah. And Marvin Bagley and probably can. You're, you're yeah. right. Like that, Co- Coach K deserves the blame for his zone. It's like, how does he have all these top recruits and they go to his zone? How do they go to his zone? It's embarrassing. That's- KOC, why do you hate why do you hate the guys in the draft that are good at basketball? And you always <laughs> like the guys who aren't yet good at basketball. And you're like, I think they're going to be good at basketball in like five years. Wait, you don't you don't think Wendell Carter's good at basketball? You don't like Wendell? I mean, Carter Bagley. At all? Ba- Bagley's unbelievable. He's he's he was the best player in college. He's incredible. Kevin. I don't know. I mean, he he look. I mean, I thought look when I read your article, Titus, it it, it started to sway me a little bit. You know, it, well, exactly. It, 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 That's it, 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 why Marvin Bagley. But I needed to cleanse myself after reading it because then I went back and I watched the film of his defense, and I'm like, oh, geez, this guy's gonna have trouble on that end of the floor. And all those good feelings I was feeling after reading your amazing piece on Bagley went away. This is why we're ambushing you, KOC. Is because it's hard not to feel like it was a personal attack that I write an article, a glowing praise of Marvin Bagley, and then like two days later, the headline reads, "Marvin Bagley fucking sucks." By Kevin O'Connor, was, yes. I think the title. <laughs> a, a, a very classy dissenting opinion. That was really good, Kevin. I was proud Unbelievable. of you. Also, Marvin, hey. ba- KOC, what do you think about Bagley? He said he is a great defender, but he just has a lot to learn. I mean, why do you hate this man for trying to get better? I mean, it's like, look, I had a conversation with, uh, with somebody yesterday about this. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe now in the NBA, he's put in a position where he can see them, the defensive end of the floor, and 
that's possible. Like he plays hard and that's, that's like step one to being a good defender. He does play hard. I, I just think you look at his reaction time and his awareness um, overall on that end of the floor. That's a turning to me. His instincts aren't really that great on defense. And in today's league, it, look, if you're, if you're able to structure a defense where Bagley can be used to defend somewhere on the perimeter and you have a, a someone who can protect the rim, and space the floor, I think you can easily squeeze in Bagley and make him a success on both ends of the floor. But because Bagley has uh, has the offensive skill set kind of as a center, um, depending on what happens with a three-pointer, and because his defense isn't really suited for defending those Joel Embiid, Carl Towns, bigs of the world, like those true bigs, um, you're going to need somebody who does. But if you do have somebody who does, that player better be able to space the floor as well. Otherwise, they'll have spacing issues on offense. So I, I think fit-wise, no doubt, like it could work out, but the fit's tough. Bagley's going to dunk all over Tate. Carl Towns. <laughs> I'll Tate say that right now. Tate was on to something, KOC. When, if, if you're going to talk about like guy, like guys like this, and you want, the best way to get the clicks and, <laughs> and to generate the content, especially when you're talking about the guys who are college superstars, is you just shit on Coach K or you shit on <laughs> Coach Cal or you find a way to do that because people love that. Like if you would have just said Marvin Bagley sucks at defense because Coach K has lost a step and he doesn't know how to coach these guys anymore, yes. like that would have that would have been a great story that we would have loved you for. I would I would have probably I would have probably been on your side. I've been like, okay, yeah, Bagley does suck and it's Coach K's <laughs> fault. And then we would have we'd have loved that story. But I, missed I don't know. I'm still, I'm still I'm still learning the road. Hey, there's still always the road. Let me teach you a thing about this business, kid. <laughs> there's always next year, Kevin. Just save that. Just save that for hey, next year. Th- sorry to ambush you, but also not really that sorry at all. Um, before we go, before we let you go, get back to uh, all. You're, you're busy, man. You got a ton of shit to do before the draft starts. Um, Mo Wagner, what's going on there? What, how is how is he not? I, we, we 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 watched the tournament together. Me, you, and Tate, and we all thought, like, as as it's happening in real time, we we were all certain you're going to have Wagner in your top five. <laughs> That's not really happening. What are you out on Wagner? Like, what what did he do? Did he hurt your feelings? Did he? Did you guys DM each other and he said something mean to you or what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm actually hearing according to sources that the the Grizzlies and the number four pick will consider Bo Wagner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, I, I do think he'll go in the late first round or early second round, which is great. I think that's a that's a fair range for our guy, Bo, right? That, that seems fair. It's, it's very fair. Start shooting big. Yeah. That, that, that's what it sounds like. I mean, may, maybe we'll see if he slips a little bit towards the middle of the second round, but I don't see him fall any further than that. I, I hear he's been done pretty well in workout. All right. KOC, you handled this well. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, for calling in. Even though I think I think we sent you a text. I was like, Yeah, KOC, who Bill, you- Bill wants to talk to you. Stat, please call in. <laughs> yeah, who did you think you were calling? <laughs> Yeah, the, the email was, uh, Bill wants you to call this number within the next hour. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Good job, Kyle. Kyle. I, getting, I, I kept getting something back that's like Verizon Wireless. You know, that's, that's my producer. <laughs> Kyle is back. I'm excited about that. We love you, KOC. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, we, KOC. We, hey, we're going to have you on again, and we're really going to talk to you about everything at some point. We, Tate and I, we, we've been teasing guests forever, so congratulations on being the first guest. Um, on the show, this was this you were you were just the first guest appearance. Yeah, it really happened. But we're gonna have you on later and like really talk. Maybe a summer league or summer something. League, I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure something. Vegas. Out. Sounds fun. Thank you guys. You're the best. Love you, dude. I appreciate being here. This was fun. Love you guys. See too. you, man. See ya. I thought that went really well. Perfect. Hey, we handled that well. He uh, 
Love KOC. He's 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 a good dude. I just he's, lo- he's a good guy, and I don't I don't mean that sarcastically like we usually do when we talk about good guys. No, no he's definitely a good guy. He he is the ultimate good guy, and uh, I, I I was so surprised they didn't hang up. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> we really we we honestly we told Kyle we, we we told Kyle our plan. We were like, hey, we want to have KOC on. We want to ambush him about Bagley, and then we said, should we call in? And then like the logistics of it all, we basically needed KOC to call us in. So we're trying to figure out a way to make sure he would. 100% call the number but also have him have no idea what was about to happen so that was that was our solution was to say hey Simmons wants to talk to you right now <laughs> <laughs> it worked perfectly <laughs> it worked. what's the funniest part is like Bill Bill's gonna do an emergency pod at some point <laughs> in the near future and he's gonna <laughs> Kevin He's O'Connor gonna think it's us again. He's gonna be like, "Screw that! I'm not calling." <laughs> <laughs> he gets fired, and we're to blame. He's like, "Those assholes kept prank <laughs> oh, calling <God>. me." <laughs> oh shit! Um, where were we? We were talking about the Puma thing. Yes, Puma's back. Um, I. Yeah, let's let's get back on track with that. We were talking about the uh, uh, the Bagleys. So Nike has is spending their entire life. Marvin Bagley the third, his entire life. They've been spending trying to get this guy. Mm-hmm. They've been pumping all sorts of resources. They're giving his dad a, an AAU team with the shitty name. Which, by the way, Tay, I just looked up their AAU team, like how they're doing. Is it a good AAU team? Like what's going on with the AAU team? They're terrible. They're horrible. This team has won. This team has won two games. Let me pull it up. Two and fourteen, right? They, on this, on this D one circuit, this Nike D one. I found this website, D one circuit.com. <laughs> the Nike family spelled with the PH. They have won two games since April 21st. <laughs> sounds sounds about right. So that just adds to the that adds to the fun of this for me is that Marvin Bagley's dad, also named Marvin Bagley, gets gets Nike to fund this basketball team so his son can play in it. As soon as his son leaves, the team becomes garbage. They're terrible. They're they're not winning games. I mean, they've lost. Not to brag tape, but this team has lost more in the last like two weeks than I ever lost in my life playing AU basketball. Um, so th- he he gets the money out of that. Then they go to Duke. Like the two the two biggest stars last year, Tate, for the FBI thing for us at least. Aiton was obviously the biggest star mm-hmm. because of the 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 wiretap that may or may not exist. Spoiler alert: it doesn't exist. Um, Aiden was a huge star for that one. But then Bagley was our one of our biggest stars because we just love the the idea of him reclassifying and going across the country and committing late to Duke and like everything going on in that. And you and I, we love wild, reckless speculation. And Marvin Bagley was like such a great guy to latch onto for that. So whereas like Brian Bowen had evidence and some other guys had evidence of this or that, we we love Bagley because he was dominating college basketball and there was some shady shit that we could make Coach K jokes about and Capel jokes about. And then we loved Aiden because that story was just incredible. Yes. And now these two guys, the two most dominant players in college basketball last year, are signing with Puma, and they, they shove it in Nike's face. I'm, it's, it's a great story, Tate. No it's, matter how you slice it, this is unbelievable. This is what the bag boys live for. And I will say, I, I think millennials don't understand how bribes work. Um, you know, Nike's just been bribing these guys for, you know, Aiden's been back and forth between Nike and Adidas, but he ended up going to a Nike school, which usually, you know, the funnel goes right into the Nike world. Uh, Bagley, I mean, they basically let him play uh, on the Nike circuit. You know, his team was horrible, but they were just like, we want to have Marvin play. He deserves to play, so we're going to make an exemption for him. So they do all this stuff, bend over backwards. There's like, it's it's like something about Mary, but there's something about Marvin. They they just were tracking him down the entire time. Like Nike's like Ben Stiller. They just they they, they think they're in love. They think they find you know they found their their true love in life. And then 
you know, at the last second, Brett Favre, a.k.a. Puma, just sweeps in and is like, what's up, guys? Like, how's it going? This is my life. Um, and Marvin signs with Puma. I think the the most interesting thing to me is that Puma also gave uh, Clyde Frazier, did you see this, a lifetime deal? Yes. He's 73 years old. I don't, I don't I don't think that that's fair. I don't think you can just give out lifetime deals at the age of 73. And if you're going to give him one, why don't you give Ralph Sampson one? Ralph Sampson made Pumas cool in 85. He had like suede Pumas on plan. I mean, obviously that probably hurt his feet a little bit, you know, in his career maybe. But, you know, he was wearing suede shoes out there. So Puma has just been on the map, you know, with some some legends in the past. And they've kind of not done well. I mean, Vince Carter signed with them in 1998 as a rookie. He couldn't wear the shoes in the game. It, like He wasn't able to dunk like he wanted to in the game with those shoes. So he buys himself out of his contract and signs with Nike and gets the Nike shocks. So, like, all these stories about Puma in the past, like, have either really affected some superstar player or they've been Clyde Frazier who's just, you know, basically unstoppable and can play in sandals. Um, so that that gives me uh, that gives me pause on Marvin Bagley a little bit and DeAndre Ayton because I'm, now I'm concerned about their feet and I'm concerned about their shoes. And Yeah, we should, we should, we should mention that they don't actually have shoes yet. <laughs> but they're going to get shoes. And, Nobody- and, and guess what? They're going to have to wear those shoes, Titus. You, you can't be out there like wearing Nikes mm-hmm. with, with no, you can't do what Lonzo did last year just because, you know, his dad made some shoes. He didn't have to wear them. You know, this is a company that's paying you millions of dollars. You're going to have to wear the shoes. Um, yeah, they have to wear the shoes. That's a problem. That's but a the problem. the shoes also don't exist. <laughs> what What is Jay-Z's affiliation with this. He's I the, saw him getting mentioned in all this. He's the president of basketball operations for Puma. What? What the, what the hell does that even mean? I, did, I, had no, I, I had no idea that Puma was a basketball franchise, but yes, he is the president dude, of basketball operations. Dude, basketball operations, are those two words are the most bullshit words in the entire business. <laughs> no matter what level of basketball. You yeah. can just say you're the blank of basketball operations and it, it, it could it, you could do anything you could do anything with it you're basically take you're going to be my director of basketball operations at Chicago State when I get the job well we, it's just like a free pat you just do whatever the hell you want yeah like, we what, call it, it bagman it's not an actual yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly um so I I want to ask you about this quote from DeAndre Ayton yes. he says Puma was the best deal <laughs> to me anybody can make your shoe anybody can make the best shoe for you and put the right fit in the shoe. We were dealing with Nike people, Under Armour, and all the other shoe companies for a pretty long time. We ain't really got bad blood with any of them, but it's not bad to start something new. We just thought Puma was the right fit. Um, it's the first part of that quote that jumps out to me. Puma was the best deal. But he's basically saying, I'm going to the NBA. I'm going to make a shit ton of money from anybody to wear their shoes. I don't really care. I just want to make a lot of money. Yes. For you, does that hurt his legacy with the whole Arizona thing? If we're talking about just like... I think we're both in agreement that we're never going to get the real story on Titus, whether it is his was, legacy. It, it is his legacy. What is DeAndre Aiden? Well, that, that is going to be his legacy. For the cash. He's CTC. But for, but, so my question check. to you is: Do you think this? Do you think this is evidence for uh, the whole wiretap thing, which actually doesn't exist? Like, do you think this makes him look worse, or do you think it makes him look better because he's basically saying like, I didn't make any money in college, and now I want to cash in? I think it helps give him an alibi because, you know, if it does come out that Adidas or or Nike or whoever was was giving him, you know, uh, you know, supplements of cash at some point, he can basically say if they were doing that, I would have signed with them. And not to say that that hasn't happened. We saw Dennis Smith Jr. last year. I mean, Adidas, we know, well, we know based on spreadsheets that he got, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars from Adidas and then he signed with Under Armour. So the, there there's a little bit of precedent here with this, but 
I, I think he just basically gave himself an alibi. We always knew that DeAndre Ayton was in it for the cash. I think he's a one-and-done guy. They're all just trying to build their brand. I'm I'm happy for DeAndre Ayton, and I'm happy for Marvin Bagley, and I'm happy for Zaire Smith, who also signed with Puma. Puma signing everybody. They got three first-round picks. Puma, if you're listening to the pod, we're, we're free agents. Yes. We'll sign. Presenting sponsor. I'll do it. Puma. Sponsor the pod, Puma. I hope they have, um, I hope they have yeah, to wear Ricky Fowler's shoes in games. <laughs> they're, they're, they're walking into the games wearing the, the Ricky Fowler like like not the Ricky Fowler's kind of toned it down a little bit but like remember Ricky Fowler like six seven years ago yeah, he looked like he a just tangerine looked like Zac Efron yeah Zac, yeah. <laughs> Zac Efron wearing all orange and yellow for some reason and can, trying to and, tell uh, me it and, matches and eight, Aiden Bagley have to wear the whole get up walking into the games and they got the hat like the flat build hat <laughs> that like doesn't really fit on their head that's their pregame <laughs> fit <laughs> that Fowler fit <laughs> they're walking in the- <laughs> um, oh snap yeah, this, this, is a master class. <laughs> this is a master class for all the future generations of recruits on how to handle the, the shoe companies um, brilliantly handled I think I think Aiden handling Aiden signing with Puma is absolutely brilliant because he does have an out like the, he, he played the Bahamas thing as well because like Puma is apparently big in the Bahamas the, the only thing I know about Puma the first thing I think about when I think about Puma is the Jamaican sprinting team yep like I think of Usain Bolt wearing a Puma logo on his thing. So I'm imagined down in the Caribbean, Puma is a big deal. I don't really know. But uh, he said something about like it's big in the Bahamas, all that kind of stuff. So he's got that alibi to where it's like, this actually does sort of make sense. But then he's also got like the money thing where he could pretend like, oh yeah, I, I didn't actually get paid by any of these shoe companies. So I, I just wanted to cash in while I could. Just, just, but then the whole thing, just like the, the Bagley angle of it too, to basically like, Milk Nike for all they have, and then at the last second pull the rug out from under them and go to Puma. It's it's a masterclass. And if if you're someone who loves players' rights, if you're someone who just loves the system being absolutely screwed up and the players finding a way to to just blow up the system and get theirs while they can, then this is this is the best story. This is an awesome story. We love it. Um, congratulations to Bagley and Aiden. But at the same time, my condolences that you now have to wear shoes that don't even <laughs> exist. So. Good yeah. luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, do you think that uh, I, I'm going to ask you this? Just I, I think Aiden got a little faults here by Bagley. I mean, he, you know how Lonzo just kind of like took the thunder as the number two pick last year for whatever reason. Everyone talked about him. I think Bagley did that. With, you know, he signed first with Puma, so he gets the the credit for being the first guy to sign with Puma since Kevin Durant. And, did he get more money? Yeah, and he got more money. No. He was their top pick. So yeah, yeah. if Puma, if Jay Z's top pick is Marvin Bagley, and Puma's top pick is Marvin Bagley. I don't know. I, why I, is it KOC's top pick, Marvin Bagley? <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Because he works for Nike. We figured it out. Get him, Kyle. Get him back on the phone. We got to <laughs> call him back. He's like, please, guys. I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lifetime. <laughs> Tell him it's a Kyle. Send him an email. Say binge mode wants to have you on right now. <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> He's like, holy hell! I got to read Chamber of Secrets right now. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk more draft stuff. We'll, we'll collect ourselves, compose ourselves. But uh, first, a word from those who dropped the bags for us. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Proper Cloth. 
Finding a dress shirt that fits is nearly impossible. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom sized shirt in seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business to casual to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only by fabrics that meet their high quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality of craftsmanship. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash shining today. Enter gift code shining to save $20 on your first shirt. Back to the podcast. And we're back. Uh, Mark Titus, I, I don't know if you are like I am and have to go through and, and, and go through all the scuttlebutt of NBA draft coverage and, uh, and, and try to figure out what people are talking about. And I like to find these phrases uh, that people are using in this draft. And, you know, they're, they're, there's, there's just a couple I'm going to throw out there. These are the things that you're going to hear leading up to the draft. One, lack of star potential. I don't know what that means. I don't know how you can quantify someone being a, not having star potential, but that that's a big one. Lack of star potential. When people want to knock Luka Doncic, they they say he is the six foot seven Steve Nash. He can make all the passes. He can lead a team to victory. He can be a champion. Isn't but, everybody Steve Nash, by the way? <laughs> yes. Am I crazy, or is, is every single player Steve Nash now? Well, that's what you have to say uh, about anyone that you bring up. I mean, we're going to do some some of our some of our own NBA draft comps a little bit later, just you know, to try to change things up because you know Trey Young is, is Steve Nash at this point. Uh, Colin Sexton is Steve Nash with a dunk with with the ability to dunk. Uh, Luka Doncic is the the six foot seven Steve Nash. DeAndre Ayton is the seven foot one Steve Nash. Uh, it, yeah, everyone is Steve Nash. And I don't know how. I don't know what Steve Nash did to get to this level, but everyone wants to be Steve Nash. He, he won. He won two MVPs. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Uh, but I, I think the star but, potential. But thing, did he win the big the, the one? Whole, it, <laughs> could he win the big one when the, when it mattered most? Uh, the star potential thing Lacking is star uh, potential. My my favorite thing, and I I fell victim to this when uh, I went on Bill's pod and we did the mock draft thing. You were on that, right? Yes. You did. You did the Hornets pick. Your beloved Hornets. I did my beloved Cavaliers. If if my beloved Pacers, Pacers had a pick, uh, I probably would have done that one as well. <laughs> I, w- I would honestly <laughs> would have been funny. I was going to ask you for your definitive what, what, draft pick on the Pacers at the end of this podcast, but I'm, I may. I may. Would have been funny if uh, yeah, we did the mock drafts and like somehow it, every team in Middle America was in the top of the lottery, and and because like no one else at the ringer. <laughs> like very few people at the ringer like work in middle America except me. Like Bill's like, yeah, Titus, you're responsible for all these teams. <laughs> like you're 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 picking for the Pistons as well. And I'm like, what? Titus, <laughs> you're, you're a dire Pistons. Titus, fan, right? what are you you're hearing right about the Bucks? <laughs> what are you hearing about the Bucks? You you live over there, right? You've been <laughs> Titus. You're a Cubs fan. You know about Milwaukee, right? It's about twenty minutes <laughs> away. It's about twenty minutes. It's about twenty minutes. Um, no, but uh, on on his on his podcast, I was talking about Mikael Bridges, and I, I fell victim to this trope that uh, I I find fascinating. Um. I said it myself, but you, you do the thing where you're like, can he be the best player on a title winning team? Or is he the second best player, Tate? Or is <laughs> or is, is Marvin Bagley, is he a guy for you who is going to lead you to a title? Or is he like maybe the best player on like a, a six seed? Or is he going to be like the second best player on a title team? Or could he be the third best player on a title, on a conference runner up? All that kind of stuff. 
Let's, that, that's that. That's what I think the star potential means. Is like how many of these guys can lead you to an NBA title? And the answer is probably zero because there are only like four guys who, can, at any given time in the NBA, who can lead someone to a title. Literally, literally, we talked about it on the last podcast. I mean, it was like <laughs> it, it. if you get like a Tim Duncan or like a Stephen Curry, like if you get one of those you know, that, those generational. That seems talents. to be the standard going into every draft. Is like, can this guy carry? Will he carry your franchise to a title? And if that's your standard, the answer is almost always going to be no. Because again, there's like four guys. Like you, you can do the thing. You go back in the. Do you realize Tate in the last 36 NBA Finals, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, or Tim Duncan have played in every single one of them? Yeah, it's true. Don't even bother fact checking that. It's true. They've played in every single one of them. So that's that. That's that. Anyway, continue, but, Tate. But but I just want to say, like, even if you know, like, you say someone lacks star potential, like when Dewan Wagner's coming out in 2002, I mean, the guy had a hundred points in a game. In New Jersey, like a New Jersey state record, you know, he he was picked before Amari Stoudemire and Karan Butler. Like, uh, uh, he had star potential. I mean, based on what everyone had seen, yeah. and high, like, like, didn't he have star potential? I don't, I don't know. I think he did. Obviously, it didn't work out because you of know the what I like more stuff. than star potential is uh, <laughs> I, 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 personally, this is just me. A lot of people have different thoughts on this sort of thing, but this is for me. What I like more than star potential is basketball talent. <laughs> so that's that's one thing I always value when I'm looking at these guys. I'm always looking for talent, but I'm also I, I'm worried about the interview. That's the other thing that's come up a lot. Everyone ki- continues to to put this out to the world that the interview remains critical. I don't know if you've seen this. I, I I keep seeing these certain players that you know Grayson Allen is one of the biggest ones I've seen. That just Aaron Holiday is another guy that keeps coming up. Jalen Brunson, uh, the third best player on Villanova, they keep coming up and saying all these little things about how the interview remains so critical, and these guys are just crushing their their interviews and I, I first of all I want to know what they're asking in these interviews and nine times out of ten I mean if someone is a, a freakish talent and has basketball talent um you know you, you can get over certain things in an interview if they if they think the world is flat so is is uh Grayson you said he's killing his interviews that's the that's the consensus thought yes well I mean this is, is all that, this is all coming out of Boston so I mean take, yeah that's true <laughs> Dan, yeah. Danny Ainge sees like Grayson now and is like I think this might be my kid I have to draft him this is <laughs> he's, he's like replayed he's like where's where's Grayson from he's from like Jacksonville is it oh my god he's like well, oh did no I go to Jacksonville like 22 years ago <laughs> um is is that the least surprising thing in the world? One that the Celtics might like Grayson Allen, but two that Grayson Allen is killing his interviews. Like that was that was always going to happen. I, I I'm starting to think that the whole Grayson Allen thing was on purpose. Like he became a shithead kind of on purpose, so that he would go into all these interviews, go into the draft process, and everyone thinks they know that he's like this huge shithead. And then when he just goes in there and is just like a normal guy, they're like, "Wow, what? Are you, what? Are you, this kid's <laughs> this kid's really put it together. He's really matured in the last few years. Tate. Not that bad. I I used to think he was a a real, a real garbage human being for all those trips. But now, you know, he's really matured. <laughs> I, it's amazing that it's gotten to this point. But I, I was texting you about this earlier. I, I, I see like the, there's no better scenario for me in this NBA draft than to Grayson Allen be drafted in the first round of the Boston Celtics. That is a match made in great. heaven. On the anniversary of Lynn Bias passing away, for Grayson Allen in this NBA draft to be able to go to the Boston Celtics and get a new hero in the town. I mean, he's the perfect fit for them. You get Tatum and Allen together. How pissed is Jason Tatum going to be if they draft Grayson Allen? That is his nightmare. And and they are. And then Kyrie comes back and like, yeah, <laughs> he's like I have no shots. <laughs> Grayson's taking twenty shots a game. He's like Kobe in ninety eight. Everyone's like, dude, stop. And the and the, and the just the whole Duke angle of having two Duke teammates that are, I mean, Grayson's 
uh, I don't know. I was about to say he's more famous, but that's probably not true. But to like guys like you and I, he definitely is. Grace, um, Grayson is more famous, and I, I would say in the general conversation about basketball, not not people that watch just NBA basketball. If you ask someone just about someone they know, they're like, "Oh, that guy from Duke that trips people." You know, that's he's he's generally known that way. Which congrats to him. The Grayson Allen Redemption Tour is rolling on. Yes. Um, at a rampant it's, pace. It's exciting news how he's he's. Yeah, do you looking back on Grayson Allen's career since since I have you here? Do you do you feel <laughs> bad for anything you've ever said about him or any opinion you've ever had about him? I honestly, I feel like I was honestly pretty light on like if you had talked to me five years prior, <laughs> I I would have been a lot worse towards Grayson Allen because I, I've I've matured and grown up. There there's not just like uh like I don't have as much hate in my heart as I used to have. I mean, the 2015 team was probably the meanest I was towards Grayson because I just couldn't believe he Luke Hancocked us in the championship game, you know? Um, yeah. That that was probably the, the height of my Grayson hate. All the tripping stuff was more comedy, right? I mean, it, it wasn't even yeah, that bad. Yeah, it was comedy. We never... Yeah. It, it got to a point where, like, I never really... It, it was hard to... I'm not going to... I got to choose my words carefully because people take this shit so seriously. Um, <laughs> I was, I'm just, it wasn't hard to hate Grayson. It was like... I found myself just hating, like, the people that were pumping up the redemption thing and like he's apologized let's just move on like the basically i basically coach k i hated coach k yes. so I hate. how about coach k saying that he was like <laughs> a, 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 a just a scholar athlete that he just adored and, and did yeah. everything the right way that was that was probably the worst part when he was leaving but at the same time i just want coach k to have you know his guys in there so grayson is one of his guys he's got o'connell in there now he i know he missed luke Kennard so much this year uh that was a waste of time i wish Kennard would have gone back just for the drama of that season with Grayson's senior season. Um, but yeah, good for Grayson. Also, uh, the Celtics are high on your boy, Jalen Brunson. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? That makes a lot of sense. To yeah, me. yeah, exactly. It's all checking out. He's the new Shane Larkin. The, the Celtics are going to draft somebody that, uh, yeah, the, the Celtics are in a good spot to get like a really, really good college player. Just, just at the end of the draft, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to get one of those guys. They're going to get Grayson or Brunson. Yeah, and uh, and also the Hornets are very high on white American players. That's that's what reports are saying. Still, still <laughs> high, still high on those guys. Still trying to find their next guy. Still, still putting it out there that Kevin Love is on the trading block. The Hornets are making calls. Yeah, it, can the can the uh, can Grayson go to the Celtics if if the Hornets pick before them? That's the real question. I hope, are the Hornets going to trade up to get Grayson? <laughs> if if Mitch Kupchak trades back into the first round of the twenty fifth pick just to draft Grayson Allen before Danny Ainge, that will be <laughs> high drama. A lot, lot of upset people in Boston. Hey, <laughs> Com- you're, you're talking about Coach K. You, you, you sit. You you brought up his guys and it made me think because you you and I were talking about this off the air when I we were on the phone a couple of days ago whenever it was I don't remember. Um, Coach Cal mm. has disappeared MIA. in the draft cycle, has he not? Yes, very strange, right? He, he's pulling a Gilgis Alexander. Gilgis Alexander has been MIA, hasn't taken any meetings with teams, and uh, for whatever reason hasn't just decided not to talk to teams and is like I'm going to get drafted by who I get drafted by, or some team has already promised him they're going to draft him pretty early. But isn't it the Raptors? Isn't that the thought that like he's he's from Hamilton? I want to say yeah. Ontario, which is basically if you're from Ontario, you're basically from Toronto. To that's how Americans view it. Um, so he's basically from Toronto. Uh, and isn't that the and Toronto seems to really like him? Isn't that the kind of the thought well, going right now? Well, they've leaked like 14 different stories saying that they're exploring all trade options in hopes of getting in the top 10 to draft Gilgis Alexander. But the weird thing about that is Gilgis Alexander wouldn't meet with Toronto and and. Like basically hasn't met with anyone. 
So I don't, I don't know. Is, is Gilgis Alexander in the draft? <laughs> yeah. That's the question we have to ask ourselves. He's pulling a Brian Bowen. I, I just, I don't know what's going what on. If, yeah, what if he just completely forgot to like file the paperwork, or or what if he like never actually announced and, and like Kentucky announced for him? Just they just put out a press release. They're like, yeah, he's definitely going. He's like, am I? I never really said I wanted to go. And he's just kind of like he's back in Lexington working out with the team. And <laughs> yeah, Cal's and that's why him go. that's why Cal's quiet too. Cal's quiet too because like he knows Gilgis Alexander is a secret weapon for next year. He's bringing him back, and Ooh. no one seems to realize it. And he's just like, shit, I'm gonna sweep this one under the rug. I hope that Gilgis Alexander goes to Real Madrid, takes Doncic's spot, and wins the EuroLeague MVP in the most dominant fashion <laughs> that they've ever seen. And everyone's like, oh, wait a second. Maybe maybe, maybe we misevaluated this. <laughs> and then they say there's no way he could do that in college, though. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or he could definitely do that in college, but there's no no way he could. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's a different player now. He's a pro. He's a di- yeah. yeah, he's a different player. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, so how do you, how would you feel about that if you're Kevin Knox though? If Cal like famously trumpets every player that ever plays for him as they're going into the draft, he's in. Did did Cal peak in 2012 with the 2012 draft where like he was just there? Like get, they broke the did they break the record for the most first rounders that year? Um, yeah, that, wasn't it five? Yeah, there was. Yeah, because I think Marcus T went first round, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you can't. I think can't. Cal peaked then. I think like I, I think he knew like that was his big moment, and then uh, he he's just slowly backed off, and now we we are finally realizing that like, yeah. I, I, how would you feel if you're Kevin Knox, Tate? That that Cal is not behind you. Do you feel, like, and, and and slash how should we feel as a as a as a whole as a basketball world watching this? Does this say bad things about Kevin Knox moving forward? That maybe Cal sees something that the rest of us don't. He's like, this guy sucks. I'm trying to detach myself from him right now before people remember that he came to Kentucky. I think we're at that point, and I will say this about Cal. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he was going on First Take, uh, you know, SVP, all these other shows a couple years ago with Jamal Murray and saying Jamal Murray was the lock to be the rookie of the year. I mean, he was just telling everybody that. So he went, like, out on the limb for Jamal Murray to say he was going to be some trans— you know, he has been pretty good for the Nuggets, but, I mean, he went out there and was like, Jamal Murray is the guy that you should draft. I can promise you that. And then right now, if you just look into, like, if you just type in John Calipari and you look on Google and you see the headlines, all he's talked about is getting rid of the one-and-done rule. This is the most anti-Kyle thing I've ever heard, which makes me think that he is concerned that he is not in control of the one-and-done anymore, so he's got to get rid of it. Coach K has scared him. Speaking of which, they did, is the one-and-done rule going away? 2021. That's what they said. Possibly. But the... Exactly. It's possibly. <laughs> yeah. This is always this is always the headline with the one and done rules. We're like, always three the, years the away. NBA sources are saying the NBA is in talks to get rid of the one and done rule by twenty thirty six. It could it could happen. They'll revisit it then, and then they'll decide. Actually, we don't need to get rid of it. This is this actually works out decently well for us. It's college basketball that's screwed by it. Nice, nice. And I will say, Calipari also was with the Triple Crown winner Justify. That's what he's been doing. He's been hanging out at like you know horse tracks. Which, when I think about that, I'm like, maybe he is recruiting really hard. You know, that's that's the old Kentucky way, taking him to the horse race. What are some guys? Let's talk. Let's try to figure out a way to talk about some guys. Like, oh, you want to do some tear talk? Ooh, yeah. Oh, there we go. There it is. I was gonna say we we. I feel like we only talk about like the guys in the top ten, um, but I don't know. There are more guys to talk about. 
there's tons of more guys. Do you want to do tear talk? Let's do some tear talk. I uh, everyone's got their tears, um, and we're not talking crying here. We're talking about uh, you know that's the new lingo for when you map out where players stand. You 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 know abstractly come up with the idea that they are in certain tiers, and this is where people stand. Uh, I want to do levels for us just so we can be a little bit different. So as far as levels, I want to talk about guys that are. Yeah, Seth Greenberg. What? Seth Greenberg copy has a copyright on the tears. Yes, and we don't want to. We don't want to step on his toes because um, we love Seth Greenberg here at this program, as everyone knows. If you've listened up since the teed up days, uh, I want to talk about some of the guys like obviously like Bagley, Aiton, Sexton, Knox, Bamba, Bridges, all, all those guys. I mean, you know, Robert, all, all those guys that are in the lottery. I mean, I feel like they've been discussed ad nauseum, but I want to talk about some of the hold guys. On, hold on, hold on. What about Robert Williams? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's do a little sidetrack here. Has Robert Williams been discussed ad nauseum? I feel like he is a lottery pick that no, literally no one is talking about. <laughs> and I guess I kind of understand why, because you have no idea how good this dude actually is. Like against North Carolina and Michigan in back-to-back games, he looked like two completely different players in the NCAA tournament, and that's kind of been his MO. Um, but yeah, like no no one is talking about that guy. If if the if the Robert Williams against Carolina is like the guy who we were going to see professionally. Yeah. He should be probably a little bit higher. He should probably, he should probably it's interesting. I, it, it should be. Yeah. He sh- he probably should be higher, but I think the, the name is too generic. I think that's hurting him. Robert Williams, you know, people just aren't excited. Yeah, about I've seen, that. I mean, like I'm, I'm looking at like the, all the mock drafts of the lotteries uh, of every, like not just on the ringer, but like all these other sites and people like everyone seems to agree that Robert Williams is probably going to be a lottery pick. And I, I see almost no, mention of him anywhere by anybody. I don't see I'm not seeing features written about this guy. I'm not seeing um I don't know. Reports being leaked about his meetings or his workouts or anything like that. It's like he doesn't exist, but everyone just also kind of agrees that he's pretty good and he'll go in the lottery. I'm going to start kind of funny. I'm gonna, anyway, can, I'm going to start calling him Windmill Williams. Maybe that'll help. That's what he did in the tournament. You know, he threw all those windmills down, and maybe we'll call him that and people will care. But yeah, Robert Williams is a lottery pick, so we don't have to talk about him. Uh I I I briefly want to touch on Michael Porter Jr. because I I can't consider him technically a lottery just because you know he's become the quote unquote wild card of the draft. There's been about 50 stories about Michael Porter Jr. The Michael Porter Jr. mystery has also become uh, a national phenomenon. Everyone's discussing it. Um, but Michael Porter Jr. said, "I'm perfect. I'm a perfect fit. Uh, perfect fit for today's NBA game." Uh, that was a quote from him. Um, and then he said he's feeling great um, heading into the draft. Um, even though, uh, you know, there was some hip injury stuff. He, he suffered like a strained hip and said he had back spasms, so he canceled a bunch of workouts. Um, if, for people that don't know, he shot 9 for 29 from the field at Missouri last season. Um, and then he came out after canceling workouts and said that his hip got exaggerated a lot. Like, who's exaggerating this? Like, who's leaking these reports to the world? <laughs> And then he also said the greatest, this is the most Trumpian quote I've ever heard. Every MRI that I've ever done is perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. What? It's the most perfect. It's the most Folks, perfect. Let me it, tell you. Most perfect MRI. Um, so the scouts Michael, are saying my MRI. <laughs> scouts are saying my MRI could win the Euroleague MVP. Scouts who can't read as a nineteen-year-old MRI. <laughs> Scouts who can't read this MRI have said that I am a champion uh, and I have star potential. Um, yeah, so I just like the Michael Porter Jr. mystery update. Kyle, can we play the music? I don't know what the update is. I, I, I don't understand. 
That is top-notch journalism. <laughs> I have no uh, idea. I have no idea. Sure. Like, I don't understand how there's so many different reports about him being possibly the number two pick and also, uh, you know, severely injured. I don't know. I, there's, he, it's obviously somewhere in the middle, but I, I don't know, Mark Titus. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Michael Porter I think, Jr. Here's what I think is going on with Michael Porter. I think he is a man who is is kind of in a, in a, in a state of crisis of... He, he's he's slowly understanding that he might be injury prone, like he might have just something about his body is going to make him be injury prone for the rest of his life, and he's in a bit of a state of a denial, but also trying to understand what exactly that means. And he strikes me, and and I say I'm, I'm going to use my perspective to kind of help this. I didn't understand that like human beings could be prone, more prone to injuries than other human beings until my buddy Greg Oden basically fell apart when he got to the NBA. Like it never it never occurred to me that like like even guys who would get hurt all the time that I would watch, I would just assume that they had bad luck, you know? Yeah. That when when I'm growing up watching NBA players and it's like, wow, that guy's hurt all the time. I never really felt like there was something inherently wrong with how he was built that is forcing him to get hurt. It was just like he's just got a lot of shitty luck. That sucks. That's just too bad for him. And it wasn't until Greg that I started to realize maybe they're just some guys that are built a certain way that they are more prone to injuries whether like it's not necessarily their fault sometimes it is their fault because their conditioning or the way they lift I don't know whatever it is that they do maybe it is their fault but most of the time it's not their fault and Michael Porter it strikes me as like like he's acknowledging all of his injuries because he's like I understand that they're happening but he's also trying to talk himself out of being like injury prone and he seems like he's in that mode where he's like I've just played basketball my whole life I've been great I've had some some injuries here or there it's not a really that big of a deal but now he's like starting to worry like holy shit is it actually a big deal? No, it can't be a big deal. It can't be a big deal. I'm not injury prone. That doesn't that's not a thing, is it? Is it a thing? Do you think do people like is that really a thing, do you think? No. That can't be it. Like no, that's not me. And he's kind of like stuck in that mode right now. That's that's my analysis on the situation Tate, where he's just he's kind of having that moment of like shit, this might be my life, but he's trying to talk himself out of it. I, I but think, more, more power to him. No, I, I completely agree. That's a great way to update the Michael Porter Jr. mystery. I think it's very similar to Harry Giles, whereas you are you are a prodigy. Uh, you've been a you, you in, in the same way like a LeBron type is. I mean, since you were 12, 13 years old, people have pegged you to be the next great thing. And then when you do have those injuries, I mean, the same way with Greg, when you do have those injuries, everything sort of changes and you have to deal with what happens to your body. And uh, I just want to say this, Greg Oden, I, I hate this time of year because Greg Oden keeps getting brought up as this big draft bus as if he was, you know, Anthony Bennett. Like, can Anthony Bennett take that throne away from Greg Oden? Like, Greg, Anthony Bennett had that one point fourth quarter performance against the Magic that one time when in Cleveland when Kyrie was hurt. And that was about the highlight of his career. It wasn't because of injuries that Anthony Bennett wasn't a star. Well, the problem, the problem, as you already know, is that that Greg was picked before Durant, and Anthony Bennett was picked before like Victor Oladipo was the best player, or, or the the best player that realistically could have gone number one. I mean, I I get um, that, but I mean, Alawakandi. So I mean, Michael Alawakandi. I mean, when he was drafted by the Clippers first overall, I mean, that was a terrible pick, and that was a great draft. I mean. I just don't. I I think people are so hung up on that draft just because people do remember it so vividly because Durant was so transcendent in college and 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 obviously Greg was so transcendent in college that they like kind of put him head to head. It's kind of it, it reminds me of the Andrew Luck like RG three for about two or three years. Like they they were like kind of head to head and then now both of them are you know kind of messed up and obviously RG three's done. But I, I I don't know. It just it weirds me out that every single no, I, time I appreciate that. No I'll no pass no. The word along. It, it always comes up. Anything else? 
It always comes up. Anything else you want me to say to Greg before? <laughs> just, just say, just say, Greg. Come on, man. Take, Get on, take come, on the pod. <laughs> come on the pod. Come on the pod. Come on the pod. Yeah. So back to the tier talk then. Yeah. Back Michael to- Porter Jr. Uh, he is going like people are high on him, right? Like he, so he he has a chance to go like top five still, right? Yeah, Vladi Divac said that he loves his game and is intrigued by him, and also said that there's no chance they'll take him number two. <laughs> Those are the leaked reports think, from the various so king sources. Do you think <laughs> Vladi isn't doing that? I'm always I'm always intrigued by this. Do you think like? Because you're absolutely right. It's, Vladi's not the only one that does it. Every single team seems to do this, where they, they have just conflicting opinions. Leaks are coming out, saying guys are every which way, thinking all sorts of different things. Do you think these are smoke screens? Do you think these are uh, uh, all legitimate reports? And like Vladi, like we'll use Vladi as an example. Like Vladi's just confused on what he wants to do or who he actually likes. Or do you think it's a case of they, they just want to be, to borrow a, a popular phrase, on the right side of history? when everyone looks back, like he wants to make it known that I'm going to take Marvin Bagley, but I also want everyone to know that I also love Michael Porter and I also, <laughs> I, I, Doncic is okay and also some of these other guys are, so like when you look back on it, if Bagley becomes a bust, you know, Diva, Vladi can be like, I wasn't that, you know, I wasn't that far off. I almost did take Porter, you know, like it, I have it right here. Here's the article. You he can was, read it. He was second on our board. He was right there. Yeah. That yeah, was- he was second. I just thought Bagley was just a little bit better. That's all. Dude, that's that's actually what it's so funny because that's exactly what Michael Jordan has done um after last year's draft. Like when he was talking about it, uh uh he basically was saying that Donovan Mitchell was number one on their board when they got to the eleventh pick. <laughs> but 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 Monk had slid and so they just felt like they had to take the best player available. But you know, based on their board, Donovan Mitchell was their pick. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is number one on our board, yeah. and that's why we didn't take him. That's why we didn't great. take him. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, Donovan Mitchell is number one on our board, and I have a shitty draft history, so as I was looking at it, so I was I like, I was wrong. wait a second. If he's number one on my board, that must mean he sucks. Yeah. So I took the guy who wasn't number he's one. He's like, maybe I watched too many Louisville games. I can't trust Rick Pitino. All right, I'm going to go with Malik Monk. I'll go with Cal. Um. Who, so who is the guy moving through the tier talk? Who is the guy that is almost certainly not going to be like a top 15, 20 pick that you think matters the most? I'm not I'm not going to use the Draymond Green thing because that's like second round thing. Just basically the guys that uh, no one is excited about that when the guy gets drafted, no one's going to be like, oh, hell yeah, we got our guy. But you think is still actually good in this draft. I think it's pretty easy. I think it's Jerome Robinson uh, out of Boston College. Um, people that... Probably don't watch you know college basketball that closely. Didn't watch too many Boston College games, but Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson were awesome this year. Jerome Robinson was, a, I mean, he dominated the ACC. They beat Duke to open the ACC season in December. Um, that's probably the the biggest game he had on a big stage. But Robinson can shoot. He's a six five wing. He's, I mean, I I think he reminds me a little bit of Gary Harris. Uh, and I, I think when he gets drafted, everyone's going to be like, who is that? Like, where did he play? You know, like, what? Like, why didn't we draft Mo Wagner? Um, and then, you know, he's going to get in the league, and I think he's the perfect C.J. McCollum type two guard, and I, I think Jerome Robinson's probably my guy that's, like, he's, like, 18 to, like, 25 range, I think, where it, it would be a good pick for anyone to, to to take him. My guy would be Dante DiVincenzo, but the more I'm hearing and thinking about it, like, 
I, I think if this draft for some reason gets delayed another month, I think Dante might go top five. Yeah. <laughs> it just, as more time passes, he just keeps, he was, he was like on the fence on whether or not he's going to come out. And now he like might be in the lottery. There's your answer. That's who the Hornets are going to, that's who the Hornets are going to take. Never mind Grayson. The Hornets are taking Dante DiVincenzo. I would love that. I would love that. Bacon, Monk, and DiVincenzo. That's a group of guards I could watch. Uh, I want to ask you about Tony Carr. Do you think Tony Carr is a guy? I, I have him like as a late first round point guard that, you know, a team like, you know, maybe the Warriors take if they want to have a backup point guard or maybe the Spurs if they want to get a guy to, to replace Tony Parker, you know, Tony for Tony type deal. But, I mean, your boy Tony Carr, I feel like, is a steal late in the first round. I, I thought I was going to forget that name for the rest of my life. I, thought I was trying <laughs> to block it out. I was repressing Tony Carr from my memory and you just had to go and bring him up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very strange to me because yes, Tony Carr. Every game I watched him play this year, which was three games, <laughs> all against Ohio State. State. <laughs> the man was the best player in college basketball. All three games, <laughs> it was like this guy is unbelievable on both ends of the floor. It, it was incredible. Um, I thought he he's definitely a first round pick, and then now you see him in these mock drafts, and he's like like the best I've seen him is like early second round. Some people have him like going late second round, barely even drafted at all. Um, so I don't really know because the guy I see, he's got serious game, and yeah, I'd be very excited if I if I got Tony Carr. If if you get Tony Carr in the second round, I would be very excited about it. I, the question, I, I feel like Tony Carr could be like a Gilbert Arena second round pick. Like I, I feel like that yeah, guy could run a team. Pro- could he be the best team on a title team though, Tate? That's the question. <laughs> That's the question. Or would he be right. like? Is he like the fourth best on your time? I don't know. He um, lacks star potential. The, the the problem with Tony Carr and really every second round pick is that the fit matters. Where you go, what you're asked to, you, you know, whether you whether you do end up on a Warriors and Tony Carr is being asked to just come in and and run the second unit for 15 minutes a game for the first three or four years, and that's like his role, you know, like I, that's one thing. Or whether he gets put in a situation where like suddenly the starting point guard gets hurt and now he has to take on a big role for a shitty team and they're asking him to do a lot and is that too much? Like all all of this stuff matters, and we've made this point before on the podcast, but I, it's it's something that no one really wants to acknowledge because it's more fun to just say he's a bust, he was good, they should have done it this way based on how everything shook out. But the fit the fit with these guys matters so much. And if Jason Tatum was in Sacramento or Phoenix last year, is he as good as he was this year? Probably not. Honestly, he's mm-hmm. probably still very good, and he probably still ends up having a great NBA career, but. He's probably not like the toast of the NBA well, like he was last year because he was in a he was in a great fit in Boston and all of this stuff matters and it matters especially for these second round guys who like honestly it's make or break for them as to sort of what what role they're asked to take on for some guys like you want a bigger role because it's like I know I can score so I don't want to go to a team where I just have to play ten minutes and pass the ball around I want to get in there and get buckets for a shitty team just to show what I can do other guys it's not so much so um, I think that stuff matters it definitely matters and uh, I mean I was just looking through this whole list of guys. And, I mean, even if you get, like, someone like Trevon Duval, if you get someone like that in, in the second round, you know what I mean, just just for the sheer athleticism that he has naturally and the gifts that he has naturally, I mean, who knows? If you put him in a situation where maybe he goes to the Wizards and he's playing behind John Wall and can play, like, in an open system like that where he's running up and down, he looks like a superstar and everyone's like, how do we take Kyrie Thomas over this guy, you know? Um, yeah. like the, like all that stuff Man, sort of Kyrie Thomas is good I'm excited about Kyrie I think Kyrie Thomas is good I, I I wish Kyrie Thomas was like two or three inches taller yeah that's because yeah. for the longest time I'd watch him play I thought he was like six seven and then I actually looked it up one day I was like oh because I, I was very confused like the guy looked like Kawhi Leonard and I was like god damn this guy can play 
And then uh, I was like, why is he not a top 10 pick? And then you look up, he's like, oh, he's 6'4", 6'3". That's why. Yeah, which is... That's, uh, it, it's yeah, it's funny. It's funny how some um, players get affected by that. Like Malik Monk was never hindered by the fact he was six three. You know, no one ever brought that up. No one ever brought up Russell Westbrook was six foot three. But then some people, it's like, oh well, he he's not gonna make it. <laughs> oh shoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's not six foot Ouch. five. Ouch. It's tough. Um, I want to talk to you real quick about the NBA draft broadcast because this is something that I'm I'm actually gonna write about it this week. I think. I think this is going to be. I'm burnt out on writing about the the prospects themselves and what I. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the draft and kind of take it all in and write about what actually happens in the broadcast because I've always been fascinated by it. Like basically the just the TV event that the draft is. Mm-hmm. Never mind like where guys are going to what teams, whatever. I'm I'm fascinated by. You turn on your TV, you're watching basically three hours of drama unfold, and let's just sit back and watch this and. As it pertains to this year's draft date, I don't know if you're aware of this. I want to break the news to our fan base, to our, our friends of the program that listen. And anyone who's followed me for a while knows how much I love Fran Fraschilla. Um, So I assume that you're in line with my position mm-hmm. here, those of you who are listening, that Fran Fraschilla on the NBA draft is like the greatest thing that that ever happens every <laughs> single year. That he comes, they 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 wheel him out of a bunker. Like this draft, it was it was all prime for him to come out. As, as, as uh, you know, like a month ago when people thought Doncic had a chance of going number one, we thought we were going to see Fraschilla at the top and then he was just going to disappear. They're going to roll him back into the back room and then he's going to sit there for two and a half hours and then come back out in the late second round when all the Europeans start coming off the board. Um, but I looked it up, Tate. Fran Fraschilla is not on the broadcast this year. Wow, really? Yeah, and I wanted to break that news to the people. Like, don't kill the messenger. I am just as heartbroken as everyone else. Uh, f- what I can gather... Here's here's what's going on this year for the draft, and 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 again, I find this important because this I, I I love this shit, and and it's very interesting to me. So I'm I'm passing this along to everyone who might be interested in it as well. From what I could find, ESPN is going to have Reese Davis, Jay Billis, and Chauncey Billups like at the desk mm. breaking down all the stuff. Um, they're going to have Woj on site, which is like a, a new wrinkle for this year's draft because Woj basically spoils every single draft, and I think like. The whole point of signing Woj was for this night. That was it. That was like ESPN's entire premise is like, screw this guy for ruining every NBA draft. Yeah, because he has the Yahoo Let's get show. Him on payroll. Yeah, they like simulcast at the same time. Yeah, the Yahoo. I think they're still doing that Yahoo show actually this year without Woj, which will be interesting. Oh, so so Shams is going to be dropping <laughs> yeah. the bombs. Yeah, it's like this year. It's like a all-out war. It's going to be crazy. I hate that. I I I hate. Scoops. I almost said I hate that guy, and everyone thought I was talking about Shams. I don't hate Shams. I hate the general person who who breaks the draft stuff like thirty seconds before the not, the pick is announced. I know that's not a that's not exactly going out on a limb with that opinion. <laughs> that's kind of a consensus thought, but I just feel like it needs to be said again. Screw those guys. Screw those guys. Just, just no one cares. We're gonna find. We we get it. You're smarter than everybody in the room. Cool. Congrats. You're well connected. Now shut the hell up and let us watch the draft. Um. So those guys are going to be on ESPN. On ESPN two is going to be Rachel Nichols with like a jump, the the jump going on <laughs> special, uh, with like Brian Windhorst, uh, Zach Lowe, and then Frischilla is going to be on that broadcast date. That's oh. what my sources are telling me. Oh well, at least he's. I mean, at least he's on a broadcast. I thought you were saying they they. Yeah, so he's on there. I well. And then uh, good luck to our. But, friend but here's what's interesting to me is like the the broadcast like yes it, it seems to. It goes down a level. Like it gets, it gets cooler the more you go down a level. Like so, on ESPN, is is the main crew um, with Billis and Reese Davis and Chauncey, uh, and then ESPN two is like a little cooler. You got Rachel Nichols, she likes to have fun. You got Windhorse, <laughs> he likes fun. Likes Zach Lowe, who doesn't like Zach Lowe? Mm-hmm. You got Fran Fraschilla, 
with his anecdotes that everybody loves about these European this guys. This guy looks like the next um, Joe Wolf to me. Exactly. Yes, that's what it But say. then you go down another level, and on Twitter, there's going to be a live show with our friends, David Jacoby and Ryan Rosillo. Wow. I like that. That's going on. So uh, I don't know that I find I find all this very interesting, and and I, and I especially find it interesting that like I'm more intrigued as you basically make the show less and less accessible. <laughs> it becomes more intriguing to me. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, the 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 channel that everyone's going to be watching, I I am interested in the least, and I'm probably the most interested in uh, Jacoby and Rosillo on Twitter. But then like I I don't know if there are there more layers to this like is is Dicky V going to be having his periscope open <laughs> yeah. doing his own show That's what I hope Dicky V's on Facebook live and he's just reacting to everyone and saying how great of a player they are and then also saying that Rick Pitino is a great coach and he deserves another chance <laughs> It's like like a uh, uh, Greenberg and Jay Will are on like closed circuit TV <laughs> somewhere No they're on <laughs> Sling TV Catch Seth Greenberg <laughs> and Jay Williams Sling TV and if you uh if you if you tie a, a tomato soup can to a string and stick it into the ground, you can hear Bill Walton, who is out in the <laughs> desert doing peyote, talking about all these prospects. Yes. That's uh that's the last level of this. Bill Bill Walton Bill Walton just wandering around a desert, <laughs> tripping on peyote, yeah. just like talking about Dante DiVincenzo. No, talking about shoe dog. How great of a book it was. <laughs> yeah, how great shoe dog was. Give us thoughts goodness. on. D- Giving us thoughts on DeAndre Ayton signing with Puma. <laughs> that, so that's it. Those are your broadcasting options. You have ESPN, ESPN2, Twitter, Periscope with Dickie V, mm. Sling TV with, with Jay Will and Seth Greenberg, or, or Bill Walton with a tomato soup can. So Eating anyway, mushroom chocolates. I, I, I yeah. thought that was interesting. <laughs> I don't think people really realize. I, the draft feels like something that people are just going to turn their TV on and have no idea what they're going to see. And then there's going to be that moment of like, oh shit, what's going on? Where's Fran Priscilla? Is there something on ESPN2? So there you go. That's... That's what my research has dug up. So that's anyway. That's you got ex- anything else before no, we go? No, that's great research. I just want to say one thing. Like, who is the the person or the player that you're going to be most excited when they do get drafted in the the like the second round, or even if someone's like a sleeper in the first round? Uh, I'll tell you mine, and then I'll let you do yours. I I'm really excited for Billy Preston. I think Billy Preston's going to get selected. Mm, yeah. That, that's my that's my one wild card pick. Not my Michael. My, you think he what? I think he'll. Sorry, get, what'd you say? You think he. What? Wait, what? Hold on. Hang on. Sorry, Kyle. He, 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 I wasn't making a joke. You, you honestly cut out. What, what'd you say? Oh, Billy Preston. Oh, okay. I want Billy Preston to get drafted in the second round. He had to go to Bosnia Herzegovina nice. to find himself. And the interviews are critical, as we know. And apparently everyone's saying that he's great in interviews and has seemed very humbled by the experience and said that he wished he would have stayed in college. Like, you know, instead of going and playing professionally. So I want Billy Preston to get drafted. It's it's always tough. Here's my answer, Javon Carter. Yeah. We need him we need him in the NBA. College basketball as a whole needs him in the NBA. Um, I think we need to, you know, we, we got we gotta have some fight back on the Doncic bullshit. Like we are under attack. We are under siege with the Doncic thing. I've said it before. I'm gonna say it one more time because this is our last show we're doing before the draft. That all of the Doncic love is coming from a place of like superiority of Pro basketball fans yes. hating on college. Retention. They think college is bullshit. They don't. They think mm-hmm. like everyone who watches college is a bunch of inbred rednecks, and and you have to be brain dead to to watch this garbage. And so any opportunity they have to exalt some guy who is circumventing the college model and becoming a great player outside of college, they're just exalting him and saying he's the greatest shit ever. Emmanuel That's Lodier. what the, so much mm-hmm. of it. I, 
you can't convince me otherwise. So much of the love for Doncic is coming from there. And that's why I bring up the point of like, if Doncic had come to America and his name was, coming yeah, Brad something, like, yeah, he, he would w- just be okay. So, um, so I'm going with Javon Carter because he, he's, he's, he's the answer to that. If Javon Carter can have like a, a solid NBA career and, and just, yeah. Th- that's a big win for college basketball. I agree. That's my answer. D- Devontae Graham and Theo Pinson are two other guys that are in the same vein as Carter. If they get drafted, it's good for college basketball because they did a lot for the game, and uh, they deserve it. Those guys are, I mean, they've been everywhere. I keep up with what where, also, all the places they're working out. They've literally worked out for, like, every team, so they put in the legwork. Also, my personal my personal pick, Kata Big Dick. He's the first I have no idea pick. where he's going to go. He's going to go, like, 18th. Yeah, that's what I— And people are going to go crazy. I— I think he could be a first round pick, but I also like I'm semi worried he's just gonna like slip really late and, and become like an irrelevant I don't know. He should be a first rounder though. Draft him in the first round. Call uh call Mitch Kupchak. Tell him tell him to take uh tell him to trade up to the late first round and take He, he he's already taken DiVincenzo. He just he just heard you say that earlier. <laughs> he's like, damn, that's a good idea. Why haven't we thought of that? Draft, draft. That's it. That's the show. Draft for need, not for talent. Oh yeah, can I can I say one more thing? Hall of Fame coach what? Larry Brown got a deal in Torino. He's going to Torino with Sasha the Machine Vujicic, the former Laker. He's going to be in the Italian league, trying to win the Italian Cup. Nice. Larry, Larry Brown is back. Dante Calabria is by his side. I'm so happy for LB. Good to have him back in basketball. Congrats, Larry Brown. So, uh, uh future future headline. I'm going to predict it. Uh, Larry Brown leaves. The Italian League. Uh, uh, the year is the year is 2020. Larry Brown leaves the Italian League because the team's under investigation for something. Yes, my my big conspiracy is that <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander has only taken a meeting with Larry Brown in Torino, and he is going to the Italian <laughs> there League. There it is. Congrats, congrats to Larry Brown. He he is a friend of the program. I, I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry, Coach. I was just making a joke that had to be made. Um, coach to coach. Coaches that's it. The, joke with coaches. the draft is Thursday, Tate. We made it to the finish line. Yes. We are done. Special thank you to Kevin O'Connor, our our very first tandem guest. We 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 should mention you ha- you interviewed Harry Giles on the show along many moons ago. He was technically the first guest. I was not there for that interview. So KOC was our first joint interview we did. Yes, I thought it went well. It went well. It was fun. It was good to have Kevin on. I hope he's uh you know enjoying his his nice breakfast, eating some eggs, you know, reading some draft some draft reviews, just having a good morning. So it was nice to have him on. God bless you, Kevin. Thank you for coming on. God bless the crew. I was down. Uh, I, I I told the people I would give a crew update, but uh, I'm actually going to wait because there there's a big there's a big thing brewing in the in the save the crew movement, Tate. So I'm going to hold off on that. I might actually write an article about it. And um, but uh, yeah, save the crew, all that kind of stuff. The crew the crew movement is still going on. I was down in Austin for my brother's bachelor party this weekend. And I'm going to say this, Austin Austin Texas, you're you're not a soccer town. You know you're not a soccer town. Yeah. All these people had a great time in Austin Texas, Tate. All the people that these aren't people that want a soccer team. These are people that just want to smoke weed and drink a lot and <laughs> and just go to music festivals and where eat tacos. Where is this? Where is this? Really <laughs> I gotta go. Where is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the real estate market like? <laughs> yeah, down there? What? What's the rent? I'll live in San Antonio. You don't want a soccer team, Austin. I'll drive. And if you do, you don't want our soccer team. You don't. You don't want the Columbus team. So, um, <laughs> with that, I say. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back. Tate and I are, have confirmed we are going to Summer League, uh, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to uh, be boots on the ground at Summer League, interviewing some of these guys. We, we actually are, because the ringer is paying for us to go, so like if we don't actually interview some of these players, we're going to get fired. Yes. So we are definitely going to be interviewing actual NBA players or guys who are going to play in the NBA very soon. So, or Wayne um, Newton. Keep an eye out for all of yep. that. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for everything. We love you all. Save the crew. Once again, big thank you to Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Having trouble finding shirts that fit? At propercloth.com, ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom sized shirt by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80 and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they'll remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com slash shining and use gift code shining to get $20 off your first custom shirt today.